0: Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. I put my heart in the game. That is as good as it gets. I represent me in this issue. Thank you very much. Have a great day. The ruling on the field and touchdown is confirmed. Fourth and two now. You've got to get two yards. I don't know. I don't think so.
1: Welcome, football fans, to the Peace of Mind Podcast. We're back for episode eight. I'm your host, Kevin Jackson. As always, I got by my side, my man, AJ Nance. Yes, sir. Hope everyone's doing well this week, and all you Tennessee listeners survived floodpocalypse 2019. We've got a show, great show lined up for y'all. Uh, we're going to cover the top news from the week in the world of college football. We've got some pre-NFL Combine conversation. We're going to talk a little Zion blowing out his shoes at the Duke, North Carolina game. Uh, Jim Beheim playing real-life Grand Theft Auto. And we've got a great Mount Rushmore segment that all you movie lovers can get behind on this beautiful Oscar Sunday. AJ, feels like we're in Forrest Gump and it has rained and rained and rained. And it's finally good to see some sunshine today.
0: Well, if you guys are tuning in from or from last episode to this episode, just know, like, we talked about not being able to go outside last week. And, I mean, it's just rained every single day since then. So, it was kind of nice to see the sun out today. But, um
1: this record-setting rain. Schools were shut down.
0: A lot of flooding.
1: A lot of flooding. Life-threatening flooding is what the National Weather Service called
0: it. It didn't really affect us as much, but uh, yeah, I I saw a lot of places, at least back home in East, East Tennessee, where the flooding was out of control, like um, waist-high water and things like that, which is wild to me. But uh, hopefully everybody was safe out there. Um, friends, family, relatives, everybody's doing all right.
1: I'm looking out the window right now. It's weird to see sunshine, (laughs) clear blue skies. It's beautiful out.
0: All right, we've got our
1: first promotion to announce for our amazing listeners. We're going to give away a nice little Peace of Mind podcast exclusive sticker to all our listeners that have left us a review on Apple Podcasts and to all those who leave us a review on iTunes between now and the next episode on March 4th. We got little stickers made up with the uh, Peace of Mind logo on it that you can put on like coffee cups and iPad or um, laptops and all that stuff. So check out our Instagram and Twitter page for more details, and be sure to get on iTunes and leave us a review. I uh, just want to give the listeners some love and show y'all our appreciation for your support.
0: Absolutely, I'm I'm looking forward to these stickers myself. I can't wait to post mine. I got a, a nice open spot on my my Yeti cooler. We'll slap that sticker on. Oh, nice, way. real nice. That's a great idea. <laughs> it's my go-to for stickers.
2: This is the Peace of Mind News and Notes.
1: Leading off, Vanderbilt head football coach Derek Mason and the university agreed to a contract extension. Although details have not been discussed, is Derek Mason the best Vanderbilt can get?
0: Like they, They've been competitive in these games, and there are a few bounces here and there from being uh, a 7-8 win team, which is not necessarily where Vanderbilt's really known to be. James you know,
1: Franklin like, got him there. Two 9-win
0: right. seasons that's one coach like name another one in the last 30 years that's done that at Vanderbilt. So you got to look yeah, at well, so that's the- But that's the question though, is, is James
1: or is, is Derek Mason the best that he can get? No, but like, so are you just going to settle with six and seven, seven and six hover around 500 kind of just blah, 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 make a bowl game. Or are you going to go get your guy?
0: Your Vanderbilt, like you, you still have to manage your expectations. Like they're never going to be a consistent 10-11. That's not true at all, though. I mean, it Stanford, is. Northwestern, Stan- Stanford's Duke? not Vanderbilt. Like, but Duke's not. Stanford's a better. They- Stanford's a. Stanford's a better school than Vanderbilt. Right, but, but you're you're comparing Stanford to Vanderbilt. Stanford's always been a better football school than Vanderbilt.
1: I mean, when before Harbaugh took over, Stanford was one and nine. They're terrible.
0: But Stanford over the if you look at Stanford from, I would say the beginning of the two thousands to now. They've consistently been a better team. What I'm saying is expectation-wise, like if you look at Vanderbilt, no one is looking at Vanderbilt saying they're not, they're a nine-win team in the waiting. That's just never been their expectation. So if you've got a guy that keeps you, keeps you in the discussion, is going to probably get you to bowl games, at least if not every year, at least one out of every two years, you probably keep them around. When your program hasn't been successful, for a long period of time in quite some time.
1: Right, and Vanderbilt's administration has openly admitted that they are not going to fund renovations to the football complex, and so they have shown that they don't really care about football success.
0: It's tough to succeed there, and, and if you're, you you talk about can they get a better coach, um, when you think of going up that coaching pyramid, it's the guys that want to go to a school that are – only known for football, and that are going to be solely dedicated to football. And I, like you said, like Vandy's not going to put that money into it. So I don't know if it's worth it to go out and, and search that when you got a guy that can,
1: or you get a guy to your school like Pat Fitzgerald is to Northwestern. Like no matter how successful they are, he's not going anywhere. He openly admits that I don't want to go anywhere else. I love this school. I played here. I'm never leaving.
0: Right.
1: And he's getting them to ten win seasons. All
0: right. Uh, Alabama and West Virginia book a home-and-home series starting in 2026. Wow, that seems like way in the future. (laughs) West Virginia is where Nick Saban grew up, and that's his home state. But do you think Saban will still be roaming the sidelines for the Crimson Tide when it finally comes around? I don't see how it is. He's
1: 67 now. By game time, he'll be 74 years old. I don't see Nick Saban being the head coach of Alabama at 74 years old. Now, I admit, like, he could – I think Alabama will be the last place he coaches, but I don't think he'll be there for another seven years.
0: I mean, do you? Seven years does sound like a long time. Here's why I think he will, because I think that he will probably retire after this series ends. I think he wants to play against West Virginia in a home-and-home. They'll probably play at Alabama first, and then they'll play at West Virginia that last year, and then he'll probably call it quits after that season. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see him going that long. Although he is like the
1: ageless wonder, I, there's no way. Like him and Mac Brown are the same age. And he looks, I, don't, I don't know how he does it. He just doesn't age.
0: I'd also say that a lot of that has to do, or a lot of will he still be coaching in seven years, will probably have to do with the success of Alabama. If they're still, you know, in the playoffs, knocking on the door at national championships, he'll probably stick around. But in the off chance that they have a couple slip up years where they go. Um, nine and three, and they struggle a little bit. Then maybe, and you start to see teams like A and M start to pull from the you know the the Alabama stock and LSU and Clemson and all these other teams start to get their hands in the pot. Then maybe I could I could see him uh, potentially not being around for seven years.
1: Yeah, but we we uh, I'm always been surprised at, uh, of Nick Saban's ability to adapt to the game, and I would say the same thing with like Coach K. And at Duke is the game has not passed them by, in the sense that that they have been able to adapt offensively, and so that probably helps bolster your case of he'll still be around because he has the ability to change. Uh, you mentioned that that West Virginia will probably be going to Alabama. They are actually playing at West Virginia for that first game, ah. which is a big deal because uh, name the last time Alabama played a true. Out of co- a non-conference away game. Was it Penn last state? That's what my guess would be. Penn State. And what year was that? Like 2012.
0: Nice. I believe so because that was the year where they had McElroy and Ingram. Yep. I, yeah, I believe. I believe so. Now, I don't want to. I don't want to lie to these fine people, but yeah. Well, I'm taking Alabama and the spread.
1: So I, I mean, I mentioned that. I mentioned that uh, Alabama's. Yeah, I'm taking Alabama on the spread. <laughs> I think that's uh, pretty safe to say, except for the last year's national title game, well. which I think what were they six and a half fa- favorite point favorites, and they lost by twenty eight.
0: Yeah, it was not. It was not a good look.
1: I tried I to look up. I tried to look up what was the biggest upsets, or what was the biggest losses by a favorite favorite team in college football. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find an article on it though. But that has to be up there. Six and a half point favorites.
0: I'm sure that one is.
1: I know in 2014, the Big Ten Championship game, um, Wisconsin was favored by, I think, six or five and a half points, and they lost by 59.
0: Ooh.
1: They lost 59 to nothing.
0: Not a good look. (laughs)
1: Yeah. All right, well. While Michigan's revenge tour in 2018 was abruptly canceled in Columbus last November, Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh is continuing his yearly world tour by taking the Michigan football team to South Africa in May. Should Harbaugh cancel these trips until he starts winning big games?
0: No, no. I I, I like the idea of these trips and uh, what it does is it gives your, your athletes a perspective of life outside of football. Um, We talk about a lot that, you know, athletes because, well, they say student-athletes, but t- typically they're athletic students. Uh, they don't get the same experience as a lot of other college kids get. Uh, and we
1: need to just sports. call them, in 2019, we just need to call them athlete students.
0: Right. Like, there's and, nothing uh, wrong
1: with that. Like, you need to be able to pass your classes, take classes, and all that stuff. But we, everybody knows that you're there to play sports.
0: Right. And I think that to give them something, you know, it's outside of the season. It's right before, like, the, the true grind starts of summer camp or not summer camp, but summer practice and workouts and things. But it gives you a chance to see a culture outside of the norm and experience something that not a lot of people would necessarily get to, but it it brings everything back into perspective about life rather than just football. So I think honestly think it's a great idea, and I think that uh, other campuses and schools should start adopting it. So they
1: went to Rome in 2017, Mm -hmm. and they actually practiced there in Rome. Mm -hmm. They went to a soccer game. They went to France last year they went and they're going to South Africa in twenty nineteen. I wanna know, AJ, what year are they going to Indianapolis? <laughs> for the Big um, Ten championship game?
0: It's gonna be twenty twenty six along with the Alabama and West Virginia yeah. home and home. <laughs>
1: so these trips are funded by alumni boosters. Like maybe these alumni can like buy recruits to send them to that game?
0: Well, I thought what well, was incredible is like the the main guy, I think his name was um it was Bobby uh, Kodak, but he was saying like Bobby Newport, <laughs> <laughs> he was saying that he's, he's 100% on board with paying for these trips every year, as long as Harbaugh wants to do them. And like, yeah, I just wonder like how much money this guy's truly worth that he could just be like, yeah, I'll send a hundred kids to another country as many times as you want me to
1: flights and all that. All right. So Harbaugh's mentioned that he wants to go to Greece, Spain, and Cuba. As possible destinations in the future if you were still playing where would you want to go
0: ultimately i've never been to italy so that would be one that i would 100 percent love to go to um but since they've already been there i think cuba would be an awesome trip and it's one of those things of like for so long you weren't allowed to travel there so now that it's available and you can i think it'd be a hell of a trip to go to and experience plus they got yeah, that- phenomenal food You got to get to Cuba before it all changes, right? Uh,
1: I'm thinking Spain would be pretty incredible. I mean, that's just like, I mean, just like the food and the culture is so rich, and it's it's a popular culture.
0: All right. Last but not least, former number one overall recruit and UCLA linebacker Jalen Phillips announced that he's taking his talents to South Beach to play for Manny Diaz in the Miami Hurricanes. Now, Phillips had retired last winter, citing concussions as the main reason. So what do you make of him coming out of retirement and transferring to Miami? I'm
1: not going to lie. I had no idea that he retired. I had no idea he was the former number one recruit. But apparently, Manny Diaz has got enough pool to bring him out of retirement. In addition to the, the USC safety they got coming, his former teammate is also coming And they got the defensive end from Virginia Tech, all the transfers coming in. Manny Diaz is selling out big for these transfer recruits to get a winning season
0: right off the bat. Right. Um, What do you think? So I looked it up in, in 10 games that he made an appearance in, in UCLA, he had 41 tackles. Eight of those were tackles for loss. And he had four and a half sacks, not terrible statistics there. Um, his size, his stature, six five, two fifty. Like he, he sounds like a good, like a good body and a good frame. Uh, my one hesitation is when it comes to concussions, uh, and the fact that he retired because of this. I just the safety issues really strike me here. It's like, is it worth coming back out of retirement? Like, are you truly past um, these concussion spurts? Because the last thing you want to do is come out here. Reinjure yourself even further um, over maybe a false promise or uh, somebody selling you a dream to get you back on their campus for their own selfish uh, reasons.
1: Or was he really retiring because of concussion issues? That's maybe he just didn't want. Maybe he just didn't want to play. Very very true. So I don't know. Well, time will tell. I'm curious to see what uh, Manny Diaz and Miami does do this year. To me, Miami is like. I know we mentioned the In and Out in the last Mount Rushmore and our fast food in episode seven, but like I feel like Miami Hurricanes are the In and Out of college football. Why is that? I, like everybody, everybody loves the U, and I think the the thirty for thirty documentary on the U was it made them really popular. And I get it, that Miami was really good. I mean, they're just it, they always seem to be a little overrated.
0: I don't hate that take.
1: I, it's like Notre Dame like they're like it's like Michigan football uh Miami it's like we're back it's like you're never really
0: back well i I'd argue Notre dame they're they're at least winning and being respectable um
1: I mean that's true but
0: I will say I put in them in bas- a conference and we'll see how it goes very true in basketball I'm a big fan of people getting transfers and um fifth year recruits to build your program up um I know that at Kentucky in football, Mark Stoops has done a good job of taking JUCO guys and fifth year guys to have them come in and play. I'm I'm interested to see how this plays out for Manny Diaz. Because like you mentioned, I think that he's on borrow time and people want Miami to be a winner so bad that he's going to have to make um great changes and leaps and bounds early in this process.
1: Right. I just to me Miami's all flash and no substance. All right, that does it for news and notes around college football. Let's take a break. When we come back, will Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray be the top quarterback taken in this year's NFL draft?
0: Also, do you think you can handle the ridiculous questions the NFL prospects get when they're interrogated at the Combine? We'll find out next after the break. All right, so we're back here on the Peace of Mind podcast, and we're talking about all things Combine. Uh, The NFL Combine starts this coming Friday, uh, with the kickers, special teams, offensive alignment, and running backs all taking place on Friday. Uh, you've got the quarterbacks, wideouts, and tight ends on Saturday, defensive alignment and linebackers on Sunday, and then DBs on Monday. A lot of big names here, a lot of question marks coming into the combine. Kevin, I'm going to throw this to you. What's the first thing that you're thinking about that you want to see with the combine coming up? I want to know why the kickers don't get
1: more love in the combine. <laughs> like, I want to see I want to see a kickoff. Like, not like a kickoff to start a game. I want to see like one kicker against another, put the pressure on them. Because when you think about the combine, it's all measurements, but you lose a lot of like that. Like, you know, when your back's against that wall, you know, how are you going to respond? Like a lot of that stuff you can't, the intangibles that you can't measure But you could easily put that little competition in with the kickers, put that on NFL Network. I guarantee you I'd watch that. Put them at, like, the 20, go back to the 35 opposite hash, then the 40, see who wins. That's what I want to see. Even put some rushers. Do a a little, like, like a a Thursday walkthrough where you got just four (laughs) guys rushing from one side, kicking field
0: goals. I want to see the kickers kick. Somebody's going to block a kick and, like, fracture a kicker's leg, and this is all going to go to to complete Mm hell. Here's my – Just let them do the firing squad. Here's what I want to see. Now, we got you got kickers every year that can make solid field goals. They've got enough leg to do it. But what we haven't figured out yet is finding a kicker that's been able to successfully complete onside kicks at a high tick. I want to see all the kickers go through onside kicks so I know, before drafting a guy, what he's bringing to the table on that particular play.
1: Yeah, that'd be sweet. I like that. Also... <laughs> I want to see the kickers run the forty. <laughs> to me, that would be fantastic, great entertainment. But in all seriousness, I do love the forty. Um, is that your favorite? Are, well, yeah, I think it's like it's like the event. It's like the flagship event of the combine, obviously. But um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people hate on the forty yard dash. Like, well, oh, you're never gonna run forty yards with no pads on in the in a football game. But I'll tell you this right now: it's a standardized test. That's all it is it's just a baseline like you get to compare the other athletes like when john ross from washington runs a what he run like a 422 yeah like like i get it he's probably not going to be able to run in a straight line in a football game untouched in his underwear in the in an nfl game i get that but when you compare that against the other wide receivers you're like okay that kind of tells me something
0: yeah i i don't mind I, it at all i get both sides of it like i understand like yeah You're never going to run 40 without pads and stuff like that. Right. But it does teach like that, that initial, I think the initial 10 yards are extremely important. Obviously, if you want to run a good 40, you've got to have a good start. But also like if if I'm a scout, I'm looking at those 10 yard splits and saying like, okay, who's explosive? Who's getting off the ball? Like who's doesn't have a lot of wasted motion? Because that is transferable to the field. Um, I'm a big fan of the vertical jump. And the broad jump just because it's it teaches explosion. Like it's it's the easiest They're not teaches, but it's the easiest way to track explosion. And I'm always a fan of like these, you know, six three, two forty, two fifty D linemen that just jump like out of the roof. Like it's that's incredible.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. Um also, I heard this story. Like, shout out to uh my man Jared Stillman, uh host, co-host of Jared and the GM here in Nashville on ESPN radio. I was listening to their show the other day. Uh anyway, former GM of the Titans, he had a buddy, oh yeah, Floyd Reese. Floyd Reese. So okay. he's on the he's talking to one of uh he's telling a story from the Combine. One of his buddies, a former GM, was telling him that he was coaching up the 40 yard dash. And um they were with the tight ends. And He was telling this story because he was learning that some players just aren't coachable. So, like, they were showing kids how to do the forty, like, what the instructions on how to do it. You're going to get your name called, blah blah blah. You'll get, you know, go down on this. Basically, the logistics of how to run the forty. And one kid had his headphones in the whole time and wasn't listening at all, just completely ignoring them. And and so he told himself, like, man, I'm not drafting that kid. (laughs) And uh, that kid was Vernon Davis.
0: (sighs) And so. You can rock your headphones in when you know you're going to be a saying, freak athlete and run a yeah, four or five. That's four. right. Four. All right. I'm looking so, at
1: us uh, Hold on. I'm looking at Sports um, SB Nation, the 2019 NFL Mock Draft. And one thing I do notice here before we get talking, I see number one, Nick Bosa, Ohio State, and number two going to San Francisco, Josh Allen, Kentucky. There's a little love for the uh, for the
0: home teams there, you know. It's tough being at the top. You know, a lot of people aren't going to be able to understand uh, great football like you and I. <laughs> no, it's exciting. I mean, it, I'm not sure. Obviously, it's it's a little different for you being an Ohio State fan. But for Kentucky, like, it's exciting to see a guy coming from your school, like, mentioning these top five, ten draft picks. Like, it's incredible. And it's, it's a testament to where the program's going, but also um, a testament to Josh and the, the – the time and the training and all those things that he put in, um, I would wasn't love he for like him. a wasn't he like a safety or something? He was when a, He came he into receiver. To well, he he played he played receiver in high school. Um, they moved him to linebacker, um, and he was a two star coming in. But he was very. He wasn't extremely big. He bulked up a lot and put on like a lot of lean muscle when he was at UK, which was awesome. Um, to be honest, like if I'm looking at these top five teams drafting though. I would love for him to end up in San Francisco more than the other four teams. Other than Arizona, New York Jets, Oakland Raiders, Tampa Bay. Yeah. I just feel like it's a it's a it's a better fit for him um with John Lynch GM and out there you've got a uh, uh, a defensive-minded guy at the helm making decisions, you know he's going to put a good product out there once he has enough time to get his hands on the entire roster and build it the way he wants to. Yeah, I'm a 49ers fan, so I'm biased.
1: I'd rather <laughs> than take Nick Bosa. So I wouldn't mind a Josh Allen, though, because that kid can play. Yeah. Also, I love the fact that he said, I'm going to come out and play in this bowl game and then balls out with three sacks and a blocked
0: field goal. So. Yeah. No, he, he, he can play and he wants to play.
1: Like so, so that, that to me tells a lot.
0: Yeah, and that actually is perfect transition into a question that I had for you. Um, if you're an NF like if you're a player, um, and you can take this from a player perspective or a GM perspective, if you're looking at a kid that did not compete in the bowl games at the end of the season, is there more pressure on that particular player? to perform well at the combine versus people that did compete in those games. Well, first off, I thought you were going to ask if a player does not compete in the bowl
1: game, should he not have allowed uh, to be able to compete in the combine, which would be,
0: that would be an unbelievable rule. But then where do you draw the line? What if I'm hurt? What if I'm sick? What if I'm suspended? Right. Yeah. Things. I mean,
1: yeah. that just, you know,
0: something wild to think
1: about. But yeah, of course, if you don't play in the bowl game, you got to produce. I mean, what have you been doing? Right. I mean, it's the same reason. Like, I don't know, because you, you say that like, oh, a kid can maybe not produce or run as fast. And well, I guess that leads to performance, because I was going to mention the kids who test positive for drugs, for weed in the drug test before the combine. Like, you know, you're getting drug tested. Yeah, that one always show, mind boggling. Like, <laughs> and then you and you fail the test. Like you know it's coming, right? So, but again, again, the NFL has shown that you don't really care about the that kind of stuff. Like beat your wife, eh, it's all right. Browns will pick you up. But like fa- pass the drug test, Eh, whatever, you'll get picked. Who is the the lineman from uh, that got drafted by the Tunsil? Dolphins? Yeah, Laramie Tunzel. Laramie Tunsil. Mm-hmm. He had the full on like face mask <laughs> bong. Taking bong hits right before the draft, and he still gets taken in the first round. Like the NFL well, has shown one, that they don't care. But like it, but like if you well, don't, that one hits. was
0: old though. That I think that was older film that got released during the draft. So yeah, but wasn't that, there? There was like a bunch of film. So like yeah, but I think because I, he, he was considered probably going to be a top five pick, and he ended up dropping to I believe thirteen what, like or somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, but the video I think was older, and it just surfaced. Um, at the beginning of the draft.
1: Yeah. But I think so So if you don't, but here's the deal is you can have misconduct and character issues, but if you don't produce, Mm -hmm. they don't really care. I mean, that's the name of the game you got to produce. So obviously there's, there's more pressure.
0: So if you're, if you're a guy, if you're an athlete coming out, let's say like you've been, you've been a running back, for instance, you've got decent hands. Um, you got decent speed, you got decent size. Let's say you come in and all of your, all of your measurements and performances are right along average with what you've shown on tape. Is that good or is that bad? Like, do you need to show more because you set out, or if you just come in and you're consistent with what you put on film before, is that yeah, enough? If you're consistent because I think I think the
1: film is what people care about, unless your measurables are drastically different. Like if especially if you're a quarterback, and let's say you're uh, Kyler Murray, and you come out and you measure up at like five seven and three quarters, mm-hmm. like that is drastically lower than what people think. It might not sound a lot, but I mean, people assuming are that he is five nine. So if he comes out way under that, they might that might scare people. From draft. Yeah, well, because he the kid's put on an uh, amazing film after amazing film every week. So I, I think for some positions, like quarterback height's a big deal. For, um, for like defensive ends, the arm span and the hands, that's a big deal. Like if you come in a lot shorter and you might not have long enough arms, mm-hmm. then even if you dominated in film, if you're an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, they, that might scare people away. But uh, there's a couple people like – I know I'm an Ohio State fan. I get that. But like I'm really curious – about like what's Nick Bosa going to look like? Because the kid hasn't, we had nobody seen him play since September. Right. And he didn't just sit out. I mean, I mean, he did sit out, but he wasn't going to be healthy until like December. So maybe he could have played in the big 10 championship game and then could have played in a playoff, but he had, he wouldn't have missed, I think nine games. Right. So I'm just curious what he is going to look like at the combine. And he's, he's, he's ready to go. Like he is openly admitted. I'm doing everything. I'm running, I'm jumping, I'm lifting.
0: I think he has to. Yeah, I do. I think he has to. Right. But also, like, he's a freak of nature. Like, his brother was a freak of nature. Like, he's going to put up good measurables. Like, it's but you just... talk about the pressure, but what if he doesn't? Because he's a unanimous, like, number one pick right now. I wouldn't say
1: unanimous, but he's, like, the front runner to be the number one pick. And uh, and no, he's a little shorter than his brother, but if everybody, if he doesn't come out and he's, his numbers aren't freak of nature, then people are going to, like, wait a second, he didn't play all year. You know, we don't really have that much film on him.
0: Yeah. His measurables I, don't line up. Maybe I'm going to take Quinn and Williams instead. I would say that less less important that his numbers are freak nature more that his numbers aren't drastically lower than other edge rushers and defensive ends.
1: Right. I think his upside is also that he is strong enough. They say he's more technically sound than his brother was. Right. And he's got more moves, but I think that he can also play inside.
0: Gotcha. Um you brought him up, or you touched on him earlier, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Is it is it pretty much a two man race between Kyler and uh, Dwayne Haskins for who's going to be the first quarterback taken, or do you see somebody else that could slide in there with that group?
1: It seems like the crystal ball is saying Dwayne Haskins is the guy with mm-hmm. New or with the with the Giants. Uh, he's which is it's it's kind of weird because how many players do you have openly come out and say? Like, yeah, I grew up liking the Giants. I want to play for the Giants. Right. And then all of a sudden the Giants are there in a position to pick a kid.
0: Right. I mean, and so
1: I think for an NFL franchise, it's half the battle. Like we talked about it. They're, they're athletes. We take for granted that they can just perform at a high level with none of the human um, – like all human elements aside. Like a kid's got to move. He's He's going to be on his own. He's got to move to a new city. He's got to buy his own house. All this stuff, all these factors take into it, all of a sudden you gotta play for I mean, name another job market where you're the best in your field and you gotta go to the worst company. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's right. that toll. Like I gotta go and like it's my job. Everybody's looking at me to be the person to bring this franchise back. But I mean, we'll see. I he openly says he wants to go to the Giants, so that seems like it would be a good fit. Now yeah, I, I would the- not I would not take Kyler Murray. Not first you wouldn't. I, I I will I don't know if I would draft him. Why? Not in the first or second round.
0: I mean, I think he's too small. As weight and size wise or height wise. Weight,
1: weight and height. You can be short. I think the NFL has proven you can be short. Like Russell Wilson is not a tall quarterback. Drew mm-hmm. Brees is not a tall quarterback. But Russell Wilson is a thick dude. He's got long arms. He's got big hands. You know what I mean? And yeah. The program or the 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 style of offense they they run fits him, you know. The whole like play defense and run the ball.
0: I'll say this, and I was I was definitely on board with the I don't know how big he is conversation as well. But he took a beating early from Alabama, and he's he he hung in there, and he still produced like outside of that first quarter. He had a pretty good game. And that's um, true, but in that game, how many NFL players were playing for de- Alabama's defense? I'm going to say that there's going to be
1: probably seven or eight of them. <laughs> I mean, sure, there's some future guys, but not one of those guys are NFL players. So, like, his first game of the year next year is going to be against 11 NFL defensive players.
0: Right, but I I don't think you draft him with the intent of putting him out there day one. I mean, don't you do that with a first-round quarterback? Um. No, like I mean even if you if you look at i mean Baker I wouldn't play him year, either,
1: but I would assume taking a quarterback in the first round
0: you're you're taking him with the intention of playing him right, but not maybe he's not gonna take the first snaps of the year um and i I think without um Tyra Taylor getting hurt early in the year, I don't know if Baker necessarily would be ha, would have been playing that early in the year as well um and I, think I that I follow a lot of Browns people on
1: Twitter and
0: they credit Tyrod
1: getting the shot because of Hugh Jackson. Like, like, like Baker didn't even get any reps in spring camp or uh, in fall camp.
0: But rightfully so. Like Tyrod's coming off of leading
1: the or team. How can you say rightfully so though? Because like Baker comes in and just lights it up and
0: is setting NFL records in his first year. So, I mean like. Right. But the, the reason why you bring Tyrod in is to be your starting quarterback. Why you mold Baker Mayfield into becoming your next leader. Right, I think, but that, I, just think that's, I think we, we fall, just don't know. We just don't but, know if Baker could have done it. Right off the but bat. we fall under this pretense of like, hey, we're drafting this guy; he's got to be our savior now. Like, if you look back in the years, like a lot of these quarterbacks didn't initially come out and become like the starter immediately. Like they set behind guys, and right. I think that we're we're at this point now where people want this instant gratification. Like, nope, we drafted this guy; he's immediately got to come in and produce. Maybe it's okay to take a step back and say, Let me get this guy immersed into art, like into what we do into professional football, and then let him go out there so he can be successful for our for our program for the next X amount of years. Like if you throw him to the wolves immediately and he struggles, he may never dig himself out of that. Yeah, but don't draft him in the first round then. No, you still go get the you still go get the player that's that's there and he's available. Like just because you draft him in the first round doesn't mean he immediately has to be your best player or or to start your franchise. Like do you if, really think he's do you really? But honestly though, but like I get your point. But do
1: you really think he's going to be that good in the NFL? I don't see why he can't be.
0: I didn't he's ask good. that though. I'm just asking do you: yes or no? Do you think he's going to be that good in the NFL? I think there's a magnitude of things. I think if he goes to a team that crafts their offense around his. Around his strengths, he could be good. Will that happen? I don't know. I've said that. I've said that about Marcus Mariota. I still don't believe the Titans have crafted an offense that goes well with his strengths. Hmm. And so, but like, if you look at it in the flip side, Baltimore predicated their offense off of Lamar Jackson's strengths, and it worked up until like, well, you the play debate that it worked. Because I mean, I How, think Lamar. You mean they were four and five, and then they went to the playoffs. It worked.
1: Well, no, no, no. They, I mean, they committed to running the ball. So essentially, they committed to Lamar Jackson handing it off, and then or just him being an athlete and running.
0: Right. They're running. They're running like a, a RPO style offense. Like that's that that works around your quarterback strength. And yeah, so, well. I mean, but even like you mentioned, you mentioned Dwayne Haskins and and the Giants. Even if he gets drafted by New York, he's not going to start. Like Eli's still going to be their starter. Now he may further into the season get some starts depending upon how well or not well they're playing but he won't be the person coming in you want to sit him behind the guy who's done this who can teach him uh the ways of being a professional and then leave him the keys to it once they part ways with eli
1: i think it's just the debate of like especially in new age new age football especially in college football is kyler a quarterback or is he an athlete taking snaps Oh, he's a quarterback. And so I think it like – and and we'll see because I, I think I was wrong about Baker. I thought he was more of an athlete taking snaps. And I think Baker's probably got a little moxie to him that is going to make him more successful than just any other average Joe because he, he's got that mentality. You know what I mean? But I think we'll see – there's a difference between playing quarterback in Oklahoma's offense
0: and playing quarterback in an NFL offense. So we'll see. When when they both came out, my, my thing against Baker when he came out was he's a system quarterback. I didn't think that he would transfer to the NFL because I thought Oklahoma was just running a system. And I was wrong. Baker came out, and he was way more uh, fine-tuned than I thought he would be. And he made a lot of great plays and put them in position to be a good team. So now that I take a step back and then I look at Kyler Murray going into that situation and what he did this past season, like it only leads me to believe that he can come in and do the same thing. Like the kid has the ability to go play a completely different professional sport, but he's choosing to play football. Like that says well, that's, something but about. That's, but that's but that's 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 athleticism, not quarterbacking. But that said that but that says something about what he wants to be doing. Like that's, he could go true. play football. But he's choosing. Yeah, one thing,
1: one thing that um, that a lot of people doubt about Dwayne Haskins, and you can make the argument against Kyler Murray, is is the amount of games that they play. Like Baker had two seasons, and Look. a lot of people say the same thing about Dwayne
0: Haskins is, well, he only played for one year, so there's not a ton of tape on it. Well, you're not really that much concerned about Dwayne Haskins because he's a runner. He's not even a quarterback. Um, he's great with his feet. Um, that's what he does. Like he's a mobile quarterback. He's a runner. So, that's just the way. You, really... That's just the way you see it. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way I see it. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't even uh, worry about that. <laughs> well, Smith <laughs> I just find him to be more of a runner than a thrower.
1: No, oh, but I can't wait. I can't wait till somebody asks him. Hey, Stephen A., did you see Dwayne Haskins run that four nine forty?
0: I'm appalled. It's it's just unbelievable. He's gonna yeah. be all torn up about it. I'm not. I'm done. I just don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. No, but I think I mean like like you like you say you can only go with what your eyes show you. Like the guy played 13 games, but he had a hell of a 13 games. So, you take that and say I'm looking I'm watching this film to to take things that he did in those 13 games and I'm not looking at you know, did he go 15 for 22 for 200 yards or whatever. I'm looking at his mechanics. I'm looking at is he making audibles at the line? All these things, because if I see those, then I'm taking that and saying, "Hey, once we get him into our system and we work on him from this point moving forward, oh, he's going to produce at the rate that we need him to to be a leader for our team." So whether it's thirteen games, three games, what at four years, I think that. I mean we've seen a we've seen it work where people have played on shorter time spans and still come into the league and be well. And we've seen people that have played all four years and come and be and be duds. So it works but I think you don't overthink the draft. You take the guy that you feel is best for your system and you go with him.
1: Well, so we're we're getting off topic a little bit. We're kinda of going towards a draft. I want to bring us back to the combine. One thing I'm excited about is Dwayne Haskins committed that he is going to throw, he's gonna participate fully He's going to do all the throwing drills. I want to see him and how he stands up next to. I want to see Kyler throw. I want to see. Um, I want to see the kid from Duke, Daniel Jones. I want to see uh, Drew Locke. It seems to be everybody's like dark horse that has has jumped up the the draft boards uh, after a big uh, Senior Bowl. Uh, I want to see all these guys throw and what they look like. Obviously, they're throwing shorts and T-shirts, but. I want to see what they look like throwing to each other. Uh, interestingly enough, I always had this theory about quarterbacks didn't come from big time schools, like a Drew Locke from Missouri or this kid, uh, Daniel Jones from Duke. When you don't play with the best talent, how that further progresses your uh, success in the NFL. You know, like, yeah. like a Matt Liner playing at USC plays with the best offensive linemen, throwing to the best receivers. As the best running backs, and then you're usually not playing against the best defenses. So you're you have the best offensive players playing against subpar defensive players. And so for four years, you never get touched, and your players that you're playing with are so much better. But then you guys get, you get guys like Jay Cutler who went to Vanderbilt, plays in the league for a long time. Drew Blee, Drew Brees goes to Purdue. They they go through college getting their head knocked in, you know, and what having went- to having to manage. And then, then when they get to the NFL, they're used to that grind. So I'm curious about the kid from Duke. And uh, Drew Locke, who you know, they weren't playing with the best talent in the NFL or in college. So they, um, so they get used to playing, you know, that with or having to manage a game and get all, and get good at all the
0: little things. I'll say this: I, I do think you bring up a good point there. But uh, my most recent name that I would probably look at and say is Carson Wentz, and say, okay, this is a guy that yep. wasn't playing with the best talent, but it, well, relative, think, you'd say he was, though. He was in his division, but, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, no. But you say, like, I'm taking the things that I'm seeing on the film that he's doing there, and you see it working in in the league now. So I do think that, you know, with the guy from with the guys from uh, Duke, like uh, Daniel Jones and, and Drew Locke, even though they might not necessarily have the greatest uh, talent around them at, at, at their university – if you like what you see on the film and you think they can they can replicate that on your team, I, I do think that gives them a chance. I I think Drew Locke's got a little bit of like a swag to him. Like we play him every year. Like he's been a decent quarterback in the league. I'm not so sure that I'm sold on him though. I I just don't think I am. Yeah. Well, um, we'll
1: see. Stay tuned uh, for this uh uh for our next episode where we actually going to break down the numbers and everything that happens in the podcast uh you got something else you want to add before we before we go on to the next segment
0: yeah i got a, a couple points that i wanted to go to um one being i i'm interested to see what Will Greer does um he had a a lot of exposure and a lot of hype uh throughout the season but didn't play in their bowl game so i'm interested I completely see... forgot about Will Greer. Right. So i'm interested to see how he does. Um In the combine, I I think he's going to fall into one of those players that's going to need to show um, a lot of good qualities and characteristics because he didn't play the bowl game and he started to teeter off just a little bit towards the end of the season. So I'll be, I mean, I'm interested to see what he does. Also, Tyree Jackson, not a lot of people are talking about him, but this kid's out of Buffalo. He's 6'7", 250 at quarterback, like, I'm interested to see, like, what he puts out there. I've seen a few, like, highlight clips of him, and the kid looks like he's got a hell of an arm. And I'm interested to see, now that you mentioned, like, you get around all these athletes and the best of the best that are coming out this year, I want to see how he stands up to the other guys that are in the field. (laughs)
1: What is the over-under for DK Metcalf in the bench press?
0: Uh, if he looks like so that he's got to do like 22. If he does less than 22 I'm going to be pissed.
1: Minimum of 22.
0: Minimum. Like he's going to have to do more. Like you can't look that big and throw up like 16.
1: No, you can't. Now that that would just be I mean that's if you guys don't know if you guys don't know what we're talking about, DK Metcalf, the old miss receiver photo that just came out a couple weeks ago uh him next to I believe one of his teammates and a bunch of other wide receivers that Graham. are like – Six foot six one and he's coming in looking like the Hulk.
0: I'm interested to see, too, um, if you're going to be that big, your hands got to be on point. So when they go to the receiving drills like you're going to have to show good hands, you just can't be all muscle. Yeah.
1: So, hey, you know what? How about this? How about next year? We see if we get some media
0: credentials to go to the combine, cover the combine (laughs) from Lucas Oil Stadium. If some of you got any, any, I guess, connections or any way to get us in there, I'd love to. I would absolutely love to. One, one last – I got like two, maybe three things I want to ask you. But one, is there a particular group that you're most interested in watching um, coming up in this combine, like positional group?
1: I like watch. I like I said before, I, lo- I love watching the quarterbacks. As a former quarterback – I just love watching them throw. I think the, I mean, it's just the drills are the most, them and the receivers, the drills are the most, um, uh, relatable to what you'll actually do in football. Like lineman drills. You don't do too many one-on-one drills. You know, it's, exactly. it's all agility and stuff and like that. I love to see the big guys run because it blows my mind at how fast and big they are. But <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I love the, uh, I, I love watching the wide receivers and the quarterbacks. That's probably my favorite.
0: I don't hate that. Um, me personally, just because it's position I played, but running back is really what I'm interested in looking at. I jotted down some names here of people that are in that running back class that will be um, at the combine this year. We got Anderson from Oklahoma, Gaskins from Washington, Harris from Alabama, Jacobs from Alabama, uh, Brissette from LSU, you got uh, Henderson from Memphis. Not a lot of people know him, but he was averaging like nine and a half, ten yards a carry this year. Yep, that's a big time is, offense. Yeah. You've got Higdon from Michigan. You got Holyfield from Georgia. You've got uh, Weber Ooh. from Ohio State. Uh, you got Bryce Love from Stanford. You that's got LJ You got LJ Scott who's been at Michigan State for at least 23 and a half seasons. He's finally declaring for the the draft going to the combine the oldest running back at 33 years old he's he's gonna be easy to spot he's the only guy with gray hair that's gonna be running the 40 he'll be the easiest person to watch but along with those people you got probably my two favorite running backs that i'm gonna be keeping an eye on and that's benny Snell and travion williams from a&m that's a hell of a group that's that's gonna be a hell of a day and that's and I'm I'm even then I'm li- probably leaving a few guys out, but I'll be interested in, to see what they do, um, and how they compete. I wanted to also point out that being a homer, but Lonnie Johnson he attended the Senior Bowl. Uh, he's a cornerback from Kentucky, but he attended the Senior Bowl and really caught a lot of eyes uh, while he was there. And his his draft stock has been soaring um, just in the last month or so since. Um, the bowl game and the senior bowl, but he's now projected to be a potential first round pick. He's a a tall, um, lengthy cornerback that is starting to be the trend in the NFL, but I'm really excited to see what he does at the combine because if he could sneak in there and become another first round pick after Josh got a lot of the hype uh, for the university of Kentucky, if we can then showcase that, Hey, you guys overlooked this guy, but he's also going to be a first-round pick. It'll be huge for recruiting for us moving forward.
1: A lot of stuff that happens at the Combine has nothing to do with running and jumping and lifting weights. There's a lot of, um, a lot of mental tasks that these players have to do. So other than a lot of people don't understand is, you know, you go to the Combine, you're there all weekend – uh you're up early, you're performing all day, you have jobs that you have to do, like you'll go do your weigh in and your physical, and then you may have to lift, and then you, you might go do your position groups, and then you gotta do interviews. So as a prospective NFL employee, you have to interview with various people and GMs and coaches where you and you you're gonna sit in a press conference and they get to fire off and <laughs> rattle off questions. And some of the questions are pretty comical and some of you guys might not know this. So we're going to bring in our producer, uh, justice. He is going to be a guest and AJ and I are going to pretend to be NFL combine participants and justice is going to fire off questions at us and see if we can handle them like an NFL prospect should <laughs> Justice, say hi to the people.
2: Hey, so what's going on? I do want to quickly preface before we jump right in that. Some of these questions, as Kevin and AJ mentioned, can get a little out there. Some may be about football. Some may have absolutely nothing to do with football, which is really where (laughs) I want to focus. And I want to mention that –
1: Hold on. These these are real questions. These
2: these are all – These are –
1: where did you get these questions?
2: Wonderful Google searches. But all of these questions have come out by different professional football players in the NFL who have – stated that they were asked x question by one of the teams so these are all real questions this is not me making stuff up (laughs) my head. aj question to you first and when you're done kevin what do you do when you get up in the morning Uh,
0: first thing i do is brush my teeth and wash my face then i let my dog out Uh, get dressed to go to work the first thing that i do
1: is let my dogs out First off, the dogs are probably the only reason I'm waking up that early. And so I am letting the dogs out first thing in the morning. Right. That's so, pretty tame, okay. Justice.
2: Yeah, hey, we gotta got to wade in the pool slowly. So, Kevin, back to you. Are you afraid of clowns?
1: Oh, no. By all
0: means, I'm not afraid of clowns.
2: AJ, same question. I'm not
0: afraid of clowns. I just don't like clowns.
2: All right, AJ, back to you. Jump in a little, wading in a little bit deeper slowly. Would you share your internet history with our team? Unfiltered, the entire internet history.
0: Yeah, I got nothing to hide. You guys take a look. I refuse to believe that, AJ. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, can we get this other quarterback out of here sabotaging my interview? That's unbelievable. I got nothing to hide.
1: Oh, I got, yeah, by all means. Take the whole hard drive, Justice.
0: All you're going to find is a lot of common used words that I can't spell, so I had to Google them. All right, so
2: we'll, we'll continue on. So how many things can you do with a, with a paperclip, Kevin?
1: Whoa, wow. Uh, well, I can clip paper with a paperclip. I can pick a lock. Mm. What else can I do with a paperclip? I'm really good at tearing paperclips apart when I'm bored and just <laughs> sitting there.
0: So far, I, you've been three items.
1: That's that's three. I'll probably max out at three.
2: All right, AJ, it's all you.
0: Yeah, I can clip paper. I can make a a hanger for an ornament, and I can make a paperclip necklace. Ooh, that's, that's a value. good one. But yes, three. <laughs>
2: All right, just going to be straightforward with this one and answer it however you will. When did you lose your virginity?
1: Ah, seventeen. I would say that this is an inappropriate question for uh, an employer to be asking an employee. So uh, I'm going to say the best response in all interview questions: no comment.
2: All right, you're just here so you're not fined. I'm
1: just here so
0: I'm not getting fined, man.
2: Right. All right. Next question. Do you find your mother attractive?
0: Yes, my mother is a beautiful woman. I'm going to break down the word attractive.
1: So I, 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 I don't think that my mom is attractive because that would imply that I'm attracted to my mother. But I will say my mom gets a lot of compliments. She is a very beautiful woman as well. But no, I do not find my mother attractive right so
2: you get to be any animal in the universe oh i love this question what animal would you be and why oh man i
1: do you have an answer aj right off the bat yes i gotta think about this for a second it's a
0: kodiak bear it's the biggest bear on the planet and people already say i'm a bear i would love to be a kodiak bear and just eat salmon all day
1: that's a good one. Too many risk for adults or uh, uh, too many risk of humans getting shot
0: at. Or too many bags that I have to claim if you think you're going to shoot at me. Either or. That's right, true. Um,
1: gosh. Right off the bat, I just – like I want to be on top of the food chain. So like a great white shark would be fantastic. And that's a pretty lonely lifestyle though because nobody would like you. Um, man. You know what I'd have to say? I'd have to say I'd probably be a dolphin. You'd be really intelligent. Over an orca? Yeah, but no no no. I'm not gonna be an orca, because then I'll be in I'll
0: be in SeaWorld. <laughs> it would be terrible. So you'd rather be a dolphin and be a raper. Got it. Be a what are you talking about, be a raper? Dolphins are rapists. I have no idea what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> it's so much funnier with zero context
1: yeah but now that I think about it dolphin would be pretty tough because there's a lot of dolphins in captivity as
0: well you're going to be that dolphin that people go to Cayman Islands to swim with <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of free food though this is true a lot of tricks but a lot of free food mm. alright what's next
2: all right, so here's a good one. If you were a pizza delivery man, how would you benefit from scissors?
1: Oh, I've been a pizza delivery man.
2: How would you benefit from scissors?
1: I Easily. So I protection, number one. If somebody tried to rob me,
0: <laughs> like yeah, there's that, just, one I, answer that
1: just goes to show how much I'd fight for your NFL franchise. I'm going to fight for my life and for my pizza company, keep my money and the food. Imagine what I'd do if it was an NFL game.
0: That was well said. I'm not even going to try to top that answer. All right. Next question. Do
2: you wear a jock strap or did you wear a jock strap when you played? Never have. All right. So another fun one. If you found, or excuse me, what would you do if you found a penguin in the freezer? Dead or alive? A lot.
1: Oh, man, what a great day that would be. Could you imagine getting play with a penguin? Oh, first off, we're doing, we're putting water down on the hardwood floor and we're sliding across the floor.
0: I'd probably call the nearest animal rescue place and ask him to come capture this penguin and return him safely to its natural habitat. Maybe my first question would be find the asshole that
1: put him in the refrigerator and not the re- freezer. <laughs>
2: So last question. This is really important. Which team would you pick if you were playing Madden and why? Any year? We'll say current version, but if you want to specify a version and well, say the greatest
1: it, greatest Madden player of all time is the O four Michael Vick Michael. from the Atlanta Falcons. So
0: true. Yeah. Give me if we're talking this year's, give me Aaron Rodgers because I think he's the best quarterback available.
1: And we're back for the fan favorite Mount Rushmore segment. And considering it is, uh, it's the Oscars tonight we're going to break down the, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Oscars and then we're going to break down the Mount Rushmore of all time Oscar winning best pictures.
0: Yeah. This one, uh, this one was tougher than I thought it was going to be. It's a lot tougher. Are you a big Oscars guy? I'm, I like to watch the show, but I will say this, like I'm very much a, a late bloomer when it comes to movie watching. Um, I will go to the theaters maybe two, three, four times a year. Not many, but once movies start to come out on on demand and you know they're on HBO and Showtime and things, then I'll watch those movies.
1: I've never, I've never been a big Oscars guy.
0: I'm not a big, I'm not a big uh,
1: award show guy. Like here, living in Nashville, there's like thirty five country music award shows.
0: <laughs> uh, I say this. movies.
1: There's like, there's like. What we what were you, you going to say?
0: I was going to say if if I could pay like $1,000 to have all like a year to have all the movies that are released just available to me at home and I didn't have to go to the movie theater, I'd watch 20 times more movies. Also, I'm blown away that you say theater. What is it? It's theater. It's the theater. The theater. Like you sound like you're damn forty five years old. The same thing you said. theater. It's the theater, not the theater. Yeah. Bullshit! You're paying a thousand dollars to have all those movies released <laughs> at your house. I would, but you got to think about it. Like you and the wife go to a movie, you buy popcorn and all that stuff, and the tickets. You're at forty or fifty dollars already. So I if you don't do that, do that twenty times. I but you but that's what I'm saying like you, because you don't want to go to the movie theater if you had them at home you'd watch these movies <laughs> you don't want to the, don't go to the movie theater oh man it kills me yeah man. unbelievable all right
1: starting off best picture uh, I got to admit uh, this is a toss up like you could ask me next week and my list could be different this oh is absolutely
0: hard. this is really hard a lot of mine were more relative to my time on earth. I have. Oh yeah. There's
1: definitely a bias. Right, right,
0: right. So Casablanca and, uh, gone with the wind. I listen, probably great films. I haven't seen them. I'm not interested in going to watch a movie that was, uh, produced in 1940. I'm sorry.
1: Right. Uh, like also it's gotta be in color. (laughs) Gotta be in color. But there's a whole bunch of other ones like, um, um, West Side Story. Never saw that one, but I know it. The, I mean, the sound of music. I, I you seen the sound of music? Cause I have I've not seen the seen sound of music.
0: I've seen the sound of music and that was 1966. That's the, the latest movie that I've seen on this list. Um, which was incredible to think that I've seen a movie from 1966, yep. but that was it.
1: Yep. And then, like, in the 70s, you get Patton, Godfather. How about Godfather Part Two is on there, but not Godfather? God, both of them are on there. Are they really? Oh, yeah, Ooh. 73. How about that?
0: Name another movie franchise where both of them won Best Picture. I don't know, but since you brought it up, that's my number four on the list. Really? Godfather. Yes, Lord. The Godfather. Wow. Make him an offer that he can't refuse. he he made me the offer, so I put it on on my Mount Rushmore as number four. That's incredible. Uh, just I'm because go... of like I was gonna say, just because of like all the the you know, the 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 mob style mentality, like it's just a good gangster film. Um Right. And it's just, let's just it's, do this. Let's
1: classic. just go let's just go your whole Mount Rushmore right off the bat.
0: Alright, so I went The Godfather, Forrest Gump, okay. Crash, and mm. 12 Years a Slave. Okay. Mm. Mm. Um, I've never seen Crash. I've heard a lot about Crash. Crash was really, really good. And it's um, it's one of those movies, too, like a lot that happens in that movie is still relevant. Um today like if you watch it today because it's got a lot of like racial undertones like societal tensions things like that if you watched it today like it would still transition well to like 2019
1: right 12 years of
0: 20,006
1: 12 years of slave is tough to watch yeah like in the in the in like the best way possible it's tough right. to watch. Like, it's not a bad movie. Like, obviously, it won a won the Oscar for Best Picture, but like, it's it's tough to watch.
0: Yeah, it was that one was tough to get through, but just from a story standpoint, is an incredible, incredible story. Um,
1: and also I know that... the ability to take that topic and expound upon it, because everybody, you know, everybody knows about slavery in the United States. Everybody knows, you know, everybody knows the basics. But then, the fact that you were a free man, and you were kidnapped, and spent twelve years as a slave, right? Like, oh man, gut wrenching.
0: That was a hell of a movie, though.
1: It's a good book too. So who who else? Who else do you have? Well, you know, the book is written by by Solomon Northup, by the guy like who was kidnapped. It's like his autobiography. Right, he tells the story about what happened, and that was like in. They use that in trial.
0: That's incredible. Um, so yeah, what else did you have? You have Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump, The Godfather, Crash, and Twelve Years a Slave. Oh, there you go. Forrest Gump is a um, lock on anybody's list. It's just it's yeah. Insane.
1: I'll I'll start off by saying Forrest Gump is on mine. It's one of my all time favorite movies. Uh. Fun fact for you, it's also based off of a book. Have you read the book? I have not. Yeah, neither have I, so... <laughs> I, say like, I say it like I've done it. That movie's incredible. Uh, when I was in high school, we did a Forrest Gump project in social studies. So you actually go through and you, you watch the movie, but you list all of the historical Easter eggs in that movie, and you had to pick one, and you, like essentially did a project on it and presented it to the class that's dope so for like instance uh like when he goes to the white house and he drinks all the dr peppers and then he's got to go to the bathroom like (laughs) there's a picture of marilyn monroe Mm -hmm. on the on the toilet and there's also the bright red phone and so during the cold war kennedy and khrushchev had they had the red phone where they could pick up the phone and call each other It was like a direct line just for those two Mm -hmm. and so like but they don't mention that in the movie at all so like unless someone tells you or you knew about it you would never have caught up on that easter egg but there's like bear bryant obviously in alabama football that was a popular one the moon landing so that's a great movie a great storytelling number two i put silence of the lambs (laughs) Uh, not a lot of love for the horror genre especially the in the oscars But um, that acting performance by Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins, is incredible. (laughs) I never that movie absolutely terrified me as a kid. But um, like the older I get, the less scary it is because of how desensitized we are to that topic. With like shows like Criminal Minds, and all like the the true crime horror stuff on podcasts and and Netflix. Uh, Number three, I put Gladiator.
0: I know you kind of a hot topic. I like I listen, I don't mind Gladiator, but to me it's not it's the third in my in my list of great war battle stories behind Troy and three hundred.
1: Yeah, but Troy's like a little more of a true story. Three hundred to me is like eh like it's a really good movie. But it kind of is like a, like a like a flash in the pan. Like I think Russell Crowe does an amazing job in Gladiator. Plus, I've been to the Coliseum and like watching it after being to the Coliseum, how incredible it was. Uh, you know, very interesting. It's essentially the same story as 12 Years a Slave. Right. He's a free man, a man with a lot of power, and gets essentially just sold into slavery. Uh, and then last on my list is... Um, Argo came out in 2013 with uh, Ben Affleck. Mm, spicy I'm a history, history guy, and uh, I'm blown away when I saw this movie, um, the fact that I had never, uh, I'd never heard about this story about the hostages in Iran in 1980, and uh, the CIA project to get them out, the CIA mission to get them out. I thought that was unbelievable movie. Leave you on the edge of your seat.
0: I, uh, I hadn't watched that one, but based on the, the breakdown that you gave me, that's one that I definitely need to, to pick up and watch. Um, I feel like, like that's a, I mean, I know
1: silence of the lamb and, uh, silence of the lambs and, the uh, Forrest Gump are like, are not real stories, but like <laughs> the stories that are true, that, that you never knew about, I think are unbelievable. Right. Like how do how do we go how do we go all this time and nobody's ever told this story before? Like I think that, that creativity and originality in Hollywood, like when they actually tell those stories is really good. So talking about like this year's Oscar nominations for Best mm-hmm. Actor, you got Bradley Cooper and The Stars Born, Christian Bale and Vice, Remy Malik at Bohemian Rhapsody, and um, you got William Defoe at Eternity's Gate. And then one we were talking about earlier is Vigo Mortensen in Green Book, where um, he plays like a security guard and he goes down into the deep south for a uh, black piano player. And like, I had no idea what a green book was until I actually went and saw the movie. And I'm like, how did I go through and all my 12 years of school and never learn like this was actually a normal thing. Not that there was racism in the south, but actually physically what a green book is
0: yeah the meaning behind it yeah and that's something like even even myself i didn't i wasn't aware of until um you brought it up earlier uh and we talked about it but um that's definitely one that i will make it a point to see extremely soon as well as like i didn't i didn't catch moonlight a couple of years ago but that's one that i definitely want to go back and watch as well too um i, I have no like, idea what moonlight is um it's got the same actor in it though
1: Vigo um, Mortensen? Nope.
0: Um, what's the black guy's name? I'm oh, yeah, you can't pronounce um, that name. I sure can. Nope, I sure can't. But yeah, <laughs> same <laughs> same actor, same actor.
1: I can't, dude. I can't announce his name. I can Mahersh, Mahershala.
0: Oh, I've I've heard it said like Mahershala Ali. 90, yeah, right, that's a tough name. Marsh, Ashala.
1: Did you see? Did you see
0: uh, Bohemian Rhapsody? I haven't, but I. From everything that I've heard, like you I really haven't be, seen it. No, I won't. I won't be surprised if they get a lot of awards. So.
1: Yeah, it's definitely really popular. Um, I think it's up for. Yeah, it's up for Best Picture. I honestly mm-hmm. would be disappointed if it won Best Picture, but I think Remy Malek, like he. Like, it's got to be a front run. That's
0: what I was going to say. I think for he made For the leading actor. For, I mean, this is yeah, corrupt? Yeah. And that's, and that, again, that's me not having seen it. But for everything I've read from uh, people's, like, personal opinions on the movie, I think he's going to end up taking the, the yep. best male lead.
1: So, I mean, some of these, I mean, gosh, some of these lists, these movies that one Best Picture that I had to leave off. Like, Rocky was on my sports movie, Mount Rushmore, but I didn't put it here as, like, one of the top movies of all time. Right. Because I really didn't think it was, was hard I didn't really, for
0: me to leave off. Really? I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I Listen, for—and I'm not—I didn't read the books, and, and I know a lot of people tell you, like, the books are better, but just for—like, just watching that movie was incredible. That whole series, but for it to win— like that's definitely um, one that I enjoyed thoroughly that I, it didn't make my list, but it was definitely a great picture.
1: Yeah. But um, like going back to 89. No, no, no. Um, yeah. 89 rain man. To me, like that was a good movie, but to me, what's more impressive is, is Dustin Hoffman, like the acting job. Hmm. Uh, that was a tough one to leave off the list. Um, a Beautiful Mind. Like, I love that movie. But uh, The Hurt Locker as well, that movie's incredible. That's probably like a low-key, really, really, really good best picture. Like, when you look at the list, you got Titanic. Like, that's a blockbuster. Right. Like, that's like, that's the most popular movie probably of all time. Mm. And for a long time, it was the highest-grossing movie of all time. And But The Hurt Locker, you know, that's another movie where it's really good, but not a pro- not a lot of people probably know about it.
0: I was a huge fan of Million Dollar Baby. Um, I thought it was an extraordinary movie, and that's one that like I initially had I didn't see when it was in the movie theater, and I think honestly it was it was one of those times where I was just hanging around the house and just happened to turn it on, and was like blown away by that movie. Did you see Slumdog Millionaire? I did. I did. What did you, you think about dude. it? I thought it was a good movie. I, for I me thought personally, it, on hype. It, it it wouldn't have gotten into my into probably even my honorable mentions. That's just me personally. Yeah. But I did think it was a good movie, right? But with that in mind, and you mentioned it earlier that it is uh, tonight's Oscar night. If you're looking at the list of movies that are up for Best Picture this year. Do you have a favorite or someone who you think is going to take home the award? Um,
1: gosh, I. It seems like A Star Is Born has been really, really popular. Um, Black Panther. Like, I'm surprised that movie came out so long ago. Like, I, that it's still up for this running. I wonder if that'll hurt it. Because um, I thought Black Panther was really good. I would never have guessed in a million years that it was Oscar-worthy for Best Picture. Um, that really surprised me. Uh, I never saw Black Klansman, but I heard it was really good. I saw Green Book. Like, to me, I would give it to Green Book. But that's, but that's biased
0: because I haven't seen a lot of these movies. Right. Um, I... I think that um, I would like for Black Panther to take this award. I just I'm I'm a lot like you. I just think that the time that has passed since last February, there's so much time has passed. I don't know if if it's going to still get the same amount of I guess respect and attention and votes that it should have gotten yeah. had it been up for it. I mean but the, it's... but the thing about it though like like I don't
1: I don't see why Black Panther's the best picture. You know what I mean? Like I don't understand what about it makes it such a like don't get me wrong it was a good movie. I really enjoyed Black Panther. Like I thought the soundtrack was great. I thought like its popularity was very um like what's the word I'm looking for? The popular was very like due like it was appropriate It wasn't overhyped at all, but, like, like the story of it wasn't groundbreaking to me. It was just, like, another, like, along the lines
0: of, like, a Marvel uh, comic book movie. Um, Right, but you gotta... I I think if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, like, when I think picture, I'm thinking of the totality of um, the movie, so, like the the graphics and the scenery behind the movie that's the, true the no, costumes right. and the outfits like the way people performed in those movies and I think when you put all of that together that's how it ends up on this list
1: right and um, so I'm assuming it's in a lot of other ones
0: yeah a lot I'm I I would be like I Black think, Panther in, costume design right um, not in I'm interested to see how how this how the um, best soundtrack shakes out because a lot of people have talked highly about A Star Is Born and and Gaga uh, and her songs but when you put that up against that Black Panther soundtrack which was incredible it's like I mean that's going to be a hell of a category right yeah like I said I've never
1: I've never seen A Star Is Born but here's the thing is A Star Is Born is a music movie you know what I mean right so a lot of people might give that the nod because it's a music
0: movie i'll say this um i did watch the golden globes um recently and roma won a lot of awards there so i wouldn't be surprised if if it takes home some uh if it if it sneaks in and takes its mm-hmm. best picture as well right i i, I know nothing about roma so me either but it it, it was getting a lot of success so it'll be interesting to see how it falls out
1: that brings us to the end of another oscar-winning performance in our mount rushmore segment
0: let's hit it on overtime here we go this week manny machado signed a 10-year 300 million dollar contract with the san diego padres if you made this much money what would be your first illogical thing that you purchased Oh man,
1: first illogical thing I'd purchase with $300 million,
0: I'd probably buy three or four cars. It's a boat. We gotta get a boat.
1: That's a logical purchase, though. You like fishing? You need a boat? You
0: buy a boat. But you're gonna drive your cars much more often than you get a a boat. That's why I said (laughs) logical would be three
1: or four cars. (laughs) All right, (laughs) nonetheless... Zion Williamson sprained his knee 30 seconds into the UNC game and did not return to the game. Do you think he comes back? It's a mild, it's only a grade one knee sprain. They say he's day-to-day. He'll be fine. No repercussions. Do you think he'll come back?
0: I think he'll be back, and I think it's good for this year's college basketball that he does come back. Um, I'd be interested to see how this plays out long-term with what shoe company he decides to go with, though. That's hilarious. I love what uh, Charles Barkley said. He,
1: I love the message he was trying to send of, like, when did we be, make everything about money? We're basketball players. Like, we play. That's what we do. If you can play, go play basketball. Right. So...
0: Le'Veon Bell has also become a, a restrictive free agent this week after uh, the Steelers made sure that they weren't going to franchise tag him again. Where do you think he ends up playing come this time next season. I don't
1: know, but I'm not going to make the mistake that Stephen A. Smith said and says he's going to go to play for the Carolina Panthers, (laughs) even though they already have a running back, yet apparently they don't have any receivers.
0: Where do you Uh, think he's going to play? Um, I found it interesting. I read an article and it was saying the Colts had the highest amount of cap money to spend, which would be an incredible move to put him in the backfield, but uh, someone also mentioned that Baltimore is on that list, and I think that having a one-two punch in the backfield of Lamar and Le'Veon Bell would be incredible. Yeah, plus the uh,
1: the fact that they're in the same division
0: in the AFC North, that's a that's a juicy storyline. And if you you know you you talk a lot about Lamar and his struggles to throw the ball downfield, now you give him a capable underneath threat that he could dump the ball off too.
1: Oh yeah, most definitely. So. Moving on, Robert Kraft is facing the misdemeanor solicitation of prostitution charges after visiting a Florida massage parlor. He's getting the old rub and tug done at the massage parlor. You think this is a big deal?
0: Um it it is a big deal. I don't I don't think the Robert Kraft part of this is a big deal. I think that he went to prost- a massage parlor and got a and, and got a rub and tug. His involvement in this is not as big of a deal as the fact that this prostitution ring has like uh, hints of human trafficking behind it. Like that's the bigger deal of this, not Robert Kraft, but he's probably going to dominate the storylines, which to me is, you know, it's sad, but hopefully um, some of the human traffic elements of this are solved and and sought into so that we can prevent this from happening again.
1: Yeah, I think I'm curious about how the NFL handles it because essentially Roger Goodell works for Robert Kraft. He's one of the most powerful men in the sport. He serves on a lot of boards and, and committees. And um, I think what the, is interesting is if the NFL is going to hit him with a misconduct, uh, some kind of penalty or fine, kind of the same way that Jim Irsay did with uh, with the DUI and the Colts. I'm like right. what's the impact going to do? Um yeah so just just the gross misconduct of
0: of a leader of a franchise, so nonetheless right late Wednesday after their game, Jim Beheim struck and killed a man with his car on the interstate. Um, what are your thoughts upon this happening and 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 waking up Thursday and seeing this information?
1: That's heartbreaking, like absolutely heartbreaking. That he could like, oh, I, I mean, hate for that family, what they have to go through, but also like what Jim's uh, Jim Beheim's family has to go, or wait, he and his family has to go through. I mean, I I don't know how I would handle it.
0: It was tough. I I will say this: um, I was a little bit sour at him coaching last night. Um, it just seemed extremely too soon to the incident and there's reports that he reached out to the family and uh spoke with them about him coaching but i just i just don't think that was the time and the place like you need to take us a little bit away from the game uh some time away from the game uh after an incident like that not only from a mental standpoint but like that's like that's a huge incident like you you took a life with your car accident or not like that's that's an incredible burden to have and I just don't feel like you're really giving it all your attention, and and ah, I guess letting that play out and evolve and, the, and die off. Like that's tough.
1: I mean, that's a tough role because you see players that come back; they like, they'll lose a parent and they'll come back and play right off the bat.
0: But. It is, but I it, I think it's different when it's when you're taking a man. Like I I get it. It was it's from all intents and purposes. It was an accident, but like, that's hard to come back immediately from that. Three days later, you're coaching again. I just, I feel like taking a little bit of like taking a step away from the game would have been better at that point.
1: Mm. Oh, well, uh, that, that wraps up overtime segment. Uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, don't forget, um, Go ahead and rate, review, subscribe. We'd really appreciate that on uh, on iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, go on to Instagram and Twitter. Leave us feedback. Tell us what you think, any recommendations for the show, what you want to hear. Um, also, just a reminder, go on to iTunes and leave us a review up from uh, now until March 4th. If you have left a review on iTunes, we're going to send you one of those exclusive uh peace of mind, stickers, we'll mail it to you, get into contact with you and mail it to you. So, appreciate you guys listening. Enjoy the Oscars tonight. And we'll come back uh, next week with a little uh, Combine
0: uh, recap. Yes, sir. Y'all have a great night.
2: Okay, everybody, that's a wrap.